0: Welcome to Feel Feelings with Danny and George, the show that talks about feelings and the things that make you feel them. Hello, welcome to Feel Feelings with Danny and George. I'm Danny Getz. I'm flying without George today. We we set up something special here and then George last minute got called in to work of all things. That's white speak for that nigga scam. Yeah. <laughs> he, he saw what we set up here and he ran away. <laughs> but um, luckily, we have a good friend of mine stepping in to do co-host duties for us. We have uh, Brandon Mitchell. Hey,
1: what's going on, guys? How you feeling? How you
0: feeling? How you hey, feeling? Brandon. How you feeling guys? <laughs> so uh, the, the way this all came about is we we were having Brandon on in the first place and then things started to escalate to a point where we realized that there was no way to not talk about everything that was happening over the weekend. And we didn't want to put Brandon in the position where he was the only black voice speaking to it. To, to you know, put the biracial up yeah. in that
2: position initially, I let yeah, y'all always
0: say first. Y'all didn't know Brandon okay. is the angriest of us because he lives. Oh it was <laughs> we were just going to have a normal episode, throw Brandon just one feeling, and just talk about life. And then life turned into riots and protests and all of the things that are happening now. So I was like, it's not really fair to put Brandon in the spot of talking to two white people about the situation <laughs> in the world. And we put, we asked Brandon how we would want to handle it. And he said, why don't we bring in a couple other voices? So that's what we're doing here. We have a full panel discussion going here, which I'm going to introduce you guys and I'm, I'm basically going to step aside. This is for you guys to voice your feelings about everything that's happening. So, First, we're going to Satoya. Hey,
3: how's it going, bud? Dylan, man. I mean, you know, we are we are in a time of uh, revolution. I know that is blasphemous language in this country, even though that's how your country was started. And then you told everyone else that revolution was a bad word. Don't believe the lies. Um, but uh, I, I do not believe them. They are lying to you at every time. They always lie. They've been lying from the beginning, as some of you are finding. And I hope that it troubles you greatly. Uh, how am I feeling? I think that. Uh, I'm feeling very, very resolved in the reality of the situation, much like I was very resolved in the escalation, because you could see it coming. If you were, a, uh, if you're a black person, uh, you've been here before, where it reached a certain peak, and it, it was, it was a perfect storm of events. And so far, nothing that I've seen has been particularly shocking. There have been moments of um, exhaustion because one of the worst things I think that I found in all this is uh oftentimes being right really does it for me most times really it really really gets me off it really is my thing uh in this particular instance uh being right just annoyed the hell out of me because it just meant that you don't want to be right for too long and then people like I see what you're talking about and it's like damn this was
0: going on 20
3: years ago and you wasn't listening so it's more of an annoyance now at this particular point than anything else because are you not listening
0: yeah, I mean, I'm definitely someone who's who's guilty of being quiet. Mm. And like, that's just nature of basically everything, not not just on like a political, social level. Just I don't voice a lot of anything. And with this one, it just seems impossible to still be quiet. Yeah,
1: I'm definitely look, I'm, like I'm looking at people like very weird it's just like, you know, like if you don't have an actual opinion on this shit, I'm going to not trust you. I'm really not going to trust you if you don't have an opinion on this shit there's way too many things going on for you to not be like hey i have to step in and say
0: something you know what i mean yeah and uh before we go too far into the conversation let's make sure we introduce everybody i guess we also have uh cat
2: mosley hello cat hey dan how are you i'm okay in this moment I am super aware, not super aware, but I'm aware of like taking up space. So that's why I put myself on mute because I was jumping in. You know, it's fun to be irreverent and to talk about the whites. And it's important that I not get out here and celebrate you for your decision to get multiple voices on here. And because of the optics of that. So oh, yeah. the risk that I want to take as part of my introduction is going back. Like I did say, thank you, white man, earlier, yeah. but, which is irreverent. But unfortunately, like, like I'm back in that place as a Black person where I'm like, oh, I need to speak with candor and audacity and rage about what's happening. But I also have to speak with some care about what's happening. So something I'm aware of is white fragility and part of the revolution, part of choosing to be an anti-racist, like Brandon said, When people are silent, especially at a moment like this, that's a choice. And that's part of a conversation that we had last night. Uh, Ibram Kendi, who wrote How to Be an Anti-Racist, says you're either racist or anti-racist. You choose, right? So once you choose anti-racism, there's no guarantee that you get everything right. You're still going (laughs) to screw up because you're moving away from the ignorance that's packed into privilege, like it's part of the privilege package, not to know that you have it. So it's important to me that publicly, when I say thank you, white man, I also say that I am acknowledging your efforts, right? Like I'm not pedestalizing you, I'm not making you supreme, but this is your show, you are the host, you had a thought in response to society, about what you wanted to do with your show and you made a decision to do that responsibly and in a in a balanced way. So I do mean it. <laughs> You're my friend, Dan yes. Getz. You have a show about feelings. I appreciate you and your contribution. So that's something that I, I'm like yeah, and aware I- of. I wanna get audacious and enraged and uh, irreverent later in my talk about white people, but you person named Dan Getz in that skin that probably yep. comes with privilege Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I do, I do appreciate you saying that, but like the, the point of this show is always just to express honest feeling. So, yeah. and now, cause like me and George were looking at it when George was still available for the episode of like, we, we had a whole thing planned, but we just realized there was no way to avoid this conversation. Cause like it mm-hmm. is taking over the world. And if we said nothing, it would look worse than if we had tried to say something without inviting other voices to also participate in that conversation. So, like, don't necessarily know the right way to handle it. It just feels better to include more voices so that whatever our platform may be, whoever is actually listening will hear that there isn't just one right way to respond to this. That, like, it's a big complex issue that a lot of people are going to feel different ways, regardless of your skin color, you might feel differently than other people who have like the same backgrounds as you. Like the people are different.
1: That's been like, that's been a thing. I've like really been like struggling with like the past, like the past few weeks is just like trying to get people to like, like, especially people that like I grew up with to like understand like how I feel about like certain things. But it's also crazy to know that, like, I've had, like, friends and, like, people I went to school with that we all grew up kind of, like, the same way. We feel totally different about the situation. I just, like, hey, like, do I go about it, like, trying to educate you or just take my typical route, which is just, like, hey, fuck you. I'm, you're just going for my life. And I took both routes. <laughs> I took both routes to be, like, hey, like, if you're worth it, I'm going to try to educate you. But if you're not, I'm just like, yeah, fucking goodbye forever. You know, yeah. I will never deal
0: with you ever I I think that's the thing that social media makes easier is that you can cut those people from your life just by voicing how you feel and they will leave. They're like, you don't have to actively cut them out. They're still in my life because we share the country. Before we go too far, we do have Frank back. So let's introduce Frank and then we can just go here. Let's, uh,
4: Frank Neblet, how you
0: doing?
4: I'm doing good, man. Um, in terms of how I'm feeling with this, I can say this is the first police shooting of my life in which I had actually had the time to feel everything that I, I guess a person would feel who can who feels as though they have some relation to it. So, you know, a lot of the shootings that took place prior in the country in the last couple of years, you know, specifically starting with Trayvon Martin, and it's not to make anybody feel old or anything like that is, you know, not joking, but just to give you context, Trayvon Martin got shot. If I'm correct in 2012, I was in eighth grade and I didn't really, at that age, you don't really know how to take that in, uh, that a, a kid could get shot for wearing a hoodie and eating Skittles, which is two of my favorite activities. So, you know, it, like it, It didn't sit in the way it should have. And then you get into high school and you start to see a lot of other people uh, who look like you go through the same situation of having to deal with uh, the police, uh, police brutality, police killings. And I've always, every time it happens, I have to be on the go with my feelings. I don't actually get to just stop and feel whatever it is I should feel because I got class or I got band practice or I have an enrichment program to go to or I have chess club to go to or I have this to do or I have that to do and this one is very interesting because I don't have to do anything right this happened and I have the opportunity to really just sit in the house and and feel everything I want to feel I've I've felt angry I've felt sad to the point of tears I don't understand, like you know like not understanding what's going on uh, pointing the finger at this person, that person, this, that like, why are y'all looting over here? Why are you riding over here? Then I feel like I, I understand exactly why you're riding and looting. Uh I, I wish you do it more. Uh I love it. Is it the way to go? Like I'm sitting here and I'm feeling everything. And it's really just getting me to a place of not, I don't want to say acceptance. Like I don't like I I don't accept what the police are doing. I don't accept races continuing to make the wrong choice, but it's this acceptance in that, all right, this is what happens, it's not normal. These are the choices they continue to make. And you got to find a way to like navigate. I truly think that's why everything's going on. You know, I, we were on Kat's uh, podcast last night and I was saying it where it's like, this is interesting because it's like, typically when people riot, they do it when they have the time, which is on the weekend, or they protest, riot, whatever you're going to do, you do it when you got the time, Well, you know, Friday, Saturday, whatever, because because you got to go to work on Monday. Nobody has work on Monday. Most people don't. So everybody has the time to, to, to actively feel what they want to feel. They have the time to actually do things that they feel as though will change their circumstance, and situation. And so for me, I, I, I feel grateful. That's the word I'm gonna say. I don't I'm not accepting any, it's not an acceptance, but it's more like grateful because this is the first time I've actually gotten the opportunity when something like this happens to sit and just feel whatever I'm gonna feel without feeling the need to put that on pause because I have something else to do. So that's where I'm at with really.
0: So that brings up an interesting question. I think. Do you think with the pandemic being what it is, it allows more like people are in a more forced reflective position now because they're just home doing nothing? Do you think
4: that has think, led
0: to the lot, like the bigger response?
4: I think yes to a degree. I think for people who value reflection, or value looking inward, or, you know, value. uh wanting to understand their emotions, yeah, you have more time to do that now. So being in this situation will give you that. You will be able to sit in the house and be more inward and and, and look into yourself and see how you feel. For somebody who doesn't want to do that, I don't feel as though the pandemic is going to make them do it any more than what they would have wanted to do it uh, beforehand. I think if anything, being trapped in the house, being in a position where you kind of are with your thoughts for a person who doesn't want to do that, it may make them feel uncomfortable and so they'll probably avoid you know, thinking about the things they need to think about or kind of reflecting on the things they need to reflect about. If anything, I think depending on the person, a moment like this can make you, uh, you know, look and, and be better or it can act, being in a time like this can make a person worse. You know, not to kind of go on a tangent, but I was like, uh, something that a lot of people aren't talking about right now, just kind of to give you some example or to give you the answer a uh, better, what you're talking about is like addiction during this. Like people who are addicted to, to drugs or alcohol a lot of people can't go to their programs anymore. A lot of people can't go speak with their counselors, can't get the help they need. And they're stuck in this isolation now being at home, not being able to go out. And for some of them, that's the worst thing. And that's the worst position they could be in, to be at home by themselves with their vices, because some of them are relapsing. Then, if you look to the other yeah. side of it, there are other people who were you know, in the process of recovery and they're at home right now by themselves and they get to do things like be around their family. They get to do things like be around the ones that love them and they get to see uh, the things maybe that they weren't valuing as much because of the addiction. And so that's keeping them on the straight and narrow. So it really just depends on the person uh, in a situation like this and and how you plan to use your time, you know, with, you know, reflecting and looking inward. I don't think it's across the board for everybody though.
3: Yeah, I think that one of the things that I've noticed during this, especially because Panda it was like I said up top, it was the perfect storm, really, um, that you're going to do this. We're going to see this again after we've just seen um, the footage, you know, of, of the man down south who was who was murdered, uh, you know, by those those men seeking vigilante justice, um, and then you know you 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 have the Central Park incident, um, and then you have this situation which was just one of the most inhumane murders I have I have seen from cops. and And unfortunately, there's enough documentation, you know, that we have of cops just committing murder. And it's horrifying. This was prolonged horror. This was a prolonged torturing and a murder of a human being, all during a time of pandemic when you cannot leave the house because we are dealing with a virus we do not understand. And I think it hit people in a lot of different ways, much like Frank talked about, you know, people that were stuck inside who were dealing with domestic violence situations. Um, that's a very, very tricky one. Also, at the same time, I do sit there and ponder to myself, this must have had some type of adverse reaction to white people who uh, felt the need to, that they wanted to do better. Or also at the same time, have always felt the need of being like, fuck this institution, fuck this government. That's why I do believe that's why you've seen a lot of these instances. You've seen You know, uh, young white people out clad in all black (laughs) doing some shit because they were already like, fuck the establishment, fuck the government, I like to fuck shit up. There's been documentation where people will find a person dressed in all black who does not fit, like, what's your purpose? And the people have been like, I like to fuck shit up, I hate the cops, I hate all this. They're not even there for that but they've been stuck in the house right? and now this right. thing has happened and it gives them the opportunity to very accurately be opportunistic and get their rage out right. because it's like this system is falling apart and they're going to go do this. Well, with all this, I get to, cause I'm already mad. I'm already angry. I already don't believe right. in this. I already think all this shit is bullshit. Okay, I already hate my parents, I'm mad at them. So now I'm going to go and and put this rage somewhere. Now I'm not here to say whether that's right or whether that's wrong, but what I am saying is that even with that, this pandemic has has brought all of these, some of these groups together, which they're all unified in the beginning, but it's caused this thing where a lot of different groups are experiencing and reacting to this very, very differently. And it does muddy the
4: water. You know what I'm saying? Everybody kind of sees it, like you said, as an opportunity to kind of, and I, it's crazy because me and
2: Kat were talking about this. Wait, y'all, is this the conversation part or is this the introduction part? Because there's a way. Hey, no, jump in. I'm not, I want to be clear because it's different for me to engage in this conversation with Dan as an active participant in the conversation mm-hmm. and with Dan as an observer. So, like, that's, for me, that matters. Yeah, Dan, you're in observer that mode one. now, right? I'm,
4: I'm yeah, Okay. Okay. Also, also, I already got mine in a little bit, and I know uh, right before I got introduced, Kat, you was oh, trying to say something. Thank so I'm gonna you, give it, working, uh, thank to you. going to you're Thank um,
2: you. I I so I I have been sitting here asking God to rest my mind. So what I I'm, are you doing? Uh, Um, There's an interesting <laughs> <laughs> um, There is so much going on in the context of the pandemic. And so one thing I want to say is that, like, I remember having conversations early on. I remember week one saying to Satoyo, I now understand what it means when I say when people say, all you got to do is stay black and die. I now understand what stay black means, because what I observed on social media and in the media was a sort of uh, this is my experience, white tug of war over black loyalty, So are you a stay in person or are you a stay out person or go out person, say it clearly. And that was the war week one. And so week one I got, I need to guard my mind very fiercely. This pandemic is coming. People are assuming they're going to survive. I can't assume I'm going to survive. I need to make decisions about what happens if the illness hits me. And I had a moment, and I will be honest, it was chest pain. And like the differential that I looked up and that I'm aware of was like, this would be an ER situation at a different time. But right now, it's not going to be. I'll give you some context. I have a very good friend who's actually in medical school. Her mother was in a nursing home. Her mother had a stroke because the doctors changed her medication after an ulcer and never changed it back. So there's a negligence issue that made her mother nonverbal with a stroke and then the pandemic hit and the emergency plans that hit the hospitals, these people who were being celebrated as fucking heroes, the emergency plan that hit them meant that there was a ping pong happening with her mother's nonverbal body between the nursing home and the hospital because neither institution wanted to keep this nonverbal black woman's body. And some people even told my friend, we have spent enough time on your family. It's time for us to deal with other patients. And that sort of thing has gone on. So I saw what the heroes were doing (laughs) with a vulnerable person. And I saw how much people were blaming bad behavior on the pandemic. And again, it came back to, I have to guard my mind the most fiercely. That's what they're coming for the most. And that's what they have captive because we're at home And so our minds are where all the profit is. If you can occupy us, you can get get us to buy things. You can get us to pay attention to things. You can become an important brand, Zoom. I have to participate in it in order to be a participant in my life. I have to participate in technology. And that's what they were coming for the most. So I guarded that very fiercely. I watched these statistics come out about black people dying disproportionately. Due to the pandemic, I've later learned statistics about Native American people. Latin American people are included in those statistics, but I think the most problematic have been Black and Native American people. And I know that there's overlap with Latin people, but the way we separate that group in the U.S., those numbers didn't appear as significant. So this is problematic, the colonized man and the kidnapped man dying at alarming rates and still those medical professionals were being called heroes while i knew we were dying disproportionately in their custody and because of the story i just told you i know how resources are allocated because of stories Wanda sykes has told serena williams has told because of stories i've experienced in the hospital i know what's happening in there i know what happened to my own mom so to me this was the injustice heightened with the pandemic as an excuse.
3: Yeah, and it's a it's
2: a and you have white people in privilege withdrawal because they can't it doesn't matter how much money you have if nobody can yeah. see what yeah, you're Yeah, you get it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're not special. You stuck at home, just like the niggas. Yeah. You stuck <laughs> yeah. at home. White people in privilege withdrawal plus black people being killed. Yeah. And the, some of the people responsible for it being celebrated, and this narrative that we just need greater access because we are dying because of our pre-existing conditions, that twist. I think that's part of the pressure. Cooker. Um, and I think that this death put white people in privilege withdrawal in a position to get out there and restore your privilege. I think. That is what it did. It gave you an opportunity to get out there and declare yourself a hero. You went and marched one day, and you got tear gassed. And that means you can ignore, you can interrupt black people when they're talking about being triggered because you've now been tear gassed. (laughs) White people are seeking privilege everywhere, all over this issue, and that's what I've been checking fiercely in my efforts to stay black and guard my mind. Okay, I'm done. Thanks for listening. No, that's the real. Uh.
3: that's the super duper real shit because there's so many times where i see like i've seen black or white people rather on on these social media platforms in their story after they've just been maced you know what i'm saying and yeah. they'll be like well yeah. mace hurts and everything and i'm just like yeah we know why are you so showing this like yeah. it's like like <laughs> yeah. say i've been maced too it's like i mean, you, that doesn't mean anything to us. Like that doesn't mean yeah. anything to uh, Like that's not a thing. And, and, and you're absolutely right about the, they needed to assert their privilege. That's why I look at a situation with like Amy Cooper, right? The, uh, the woman in central park and that overreaction, you know, like now we've come to find this is a, a pattern in this woman's behavior, but she also had to be locked in the house. So all it did is she's like, she can't exert her privilege. She cannot exert her whiteness, which white people, I think are starting to realize that they need to do that. It, 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 look, it's a need. It's, it's a, 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 an addiction. It, like must, I it must turn you on. I mean, it does. Sometimes in my younger years, I thought that does look rather sexy. You get to do whatever the fuck it is you want to do with impunity yeah. and pretend you don't uh, know. Yeah, it. Yeah, with, yeah, With Impunity, and, and and no one really checks you. You get to act a fool in this establishment, and they would be like, well, you know, Mark is just high, strong, and he's very passionate. You know what I'm saying? Passion. You know, right. and it's like they don't get to exert these things. They get to sit in with that. And I think that's why in, 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 when, we were, when we were in pandemic and still are in quarantine, you would hear all these situations of white people losing their shit with the anxiety, mm-hmm. the depression, because they couldn't go outside and do what they do best. They mm-hmm. couldn't go outside mm-hmm. and exert their force. And it may seem mm-hmm. like, and, and I know on some level, people are like, well, I need to see my friends. And I'm not discounting any of that. There also is a thing. Yeah, but right? that's part of the that's, privilege. Y'all
2: yeah. get to do it together. Y'all yeah, get to do all yeah. that stuff
3: together. And, the, and you see it. And it's all connected. And as you said, we're talking about the medical professionals. The thing that I found most striking in all of this is that we were being blamed for our own deaths due to this virus yeah. that yeah. no one understands. That no, no one understands that somehow it was our fault, that somehow what we were doing that somehow we drink the most, we smoke the most, we eat the most sugar, all these things. Yeah, the pre-existing of, conditions. Yeah, the pre-existing conditions. And then we're being told, well, maybe if you didn't eat enough sugar, maybe if you didn't drink as much, maybe you didn't do all this other stuff. Mm. And it's, you're sitting there being like, yo, I can't even, I, actually, I'm in the house and I'm straight. Now, I'm thankful. Now, for me personally, like the pandemic hit in such a way and quarantine in such a way that I was thankful for what I had. I have a roof over my head. There's food in the fridge and my mom is straight. Those like, uh, that's the third one is number one. That was, to me, it was like, I can handle this. I I, I have the tools. <laughs> My blackness has given me the tools to handle this. And then, yeah. you have, and then you have to occupy everyone else, sort of losing it. Then you're finding out we're dying at disproportionate rates. Then you're finding out we're being blamed for dying at disproportionate rates, which is
4: fucking ridiculous. And, but then if the, if the, cut yeah. off, the more interesting part to me is, the more interesting uh, aspect of it to me is the back pedal, right? Yeah. Like, you know, uh, like when, like you said, the pre-existing conditions, one of the major ones was uh, asthma. Like, oh, asthma is this big pre-existing yeah. condition. And yeah. only for them to come out a couple weeks later and then say, when, through looking at data, oh, it's, oh, believe it or not, in a big hub like New York, for example, asthma only is almost non-existent as one of the things that has led to people getting it. And then like, you know, dying. It's like, oh, this isn't even popping up. It's, it's damn near absent. So it's right. like, it's the whole thing of like, you're incompetent at what you're doing. And so yes. you need to put the blame on somebody on else somebody. to take the heat off of your head yes. temporarily. Yep. And Once that yes. happens, once people stop looking at you as the problem and they can look over here, then that's when yes. you come back out with the real shit and be like, actually, yes. no, this is what it is. Now that they get, and if yes. oh, you can't wash, yes. oh, actually we found out that it doesn't live on surfaces as, as much as we thought it does. Apparently, you know, you don't have to worry about washing your hands as much as you were doing in the beginning. High soaking water will do now. You don't need it's like you were telling us all this shit before. Now it's switching. All like it's just constantly changing. So it for me, that also is the privilege of like you get the privilege to throw blame of the, the know, narrative. exactly. Of the fucking the narrative.
2: Privilege. Because check it, medical professional, you medical profession, you were caught with your pants down. Lacking. You were caught colossally. What'd you say, Brandon? They got, they got caught lacking. Like, well, huh, they, they, they yeah. Uh, Yeah, this is their purview. They are the experts. This was entirely foreseeable. I participated in Ebola trainings or I participated in casting Ebola trainings. I didn't do the actual trainings to be like transparent, but I know that this is important. I know that pandemic was important and the way that this profession was caught unprepared. I I, I can tell you the medical profession is entirely unprepared. Medical education was unprepared for a pandemic shutdown, which educational system should most have foreseen this public health and medicine. And they were caught unprepared. It's not black people's fault. Y'all are paid for this. Y'all are paid to see this coming. Y'all are paid to be ready for this. And everybody was on autopilot. Everybody was checking their fucking news feeds and nobody was looking ahead. Whose responsibility has that been all along to try to anticipate what's coming down the road? Oppressed people, specifically black people. We have to predict what white folks are going to do. We have to predict what institutions are going to do, because it ain't going to be based on what's right. right. It ain't going to be based on justice. It's always going to be how they're going to blame us for this shit. And every step of the way, there's been a way to put this narrative about incompetent, hateful white people on black folks. And that is (laughs) a That is disgusting. Your government fucking sucks. Your medical profession sucks. Public health tries, but all these other institutions left unchecked because public health knows that poor people condense in it. That's why public health didn't push for poor people to stay home. Public health knew wealthy people. Some of y'all can't be locked in the house with each other. Y'all end up shooting each other, these murder suicides. Y'all end up doing that yeah. shit. Y'all and then, do it. And then- Public health knew all that, but nobody wanted to listen to public health because it's too complicated. It's too many layers. It 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 too accurately reflects society. It's been all, not black people. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. (laughs) This is institution being blamed on the people that the institutions underserve, And remember that these people work hard to pay taxes to fund those institutions that then underserve them. How is that not slavery? And then blaming us for it, how is it not slavery? Conversations about George Floyd, making all of this about one man's death, y'all are putting all of the nation's suffering because of this incompetent, hateful, fucking white man that you have elected. All this nation's suffering gets put on the name George Floyd eat shit. That's bullshit. Yeah. That's bullshit. That's- Your nation is toxic.
3: You have to you have to account for the toxic. And also I do want to say for the record because I think like there's always there's always a bunch of people that I want to make it clear you think we like feeling like this knowing this talking about no. this? This shit sucks. Shit fucking, sucks. The shit fucking sure. sucks. That we have to that we have to predict our own abuse and predict how we can combat that. Mm -hmm. Like it stinks, Mm -hmm. it actively stinks. And to be clear, you can go all the way back to the beginning of quarantine, right? When information was coming out, when people were doing their thing, how many white people saying, stay home, if you're not home, you're trash. You're the worst people in there and you don't know what to do with yourself. Stay home, trash. And we were listening to the CDC, we were listening to public health officials because y'all are not not the moral authority on anything. Y'all are not the intellectual authority on anything. So I wasn't gonna take None of your words. For exactly. Public health yeah. officials, and when they said proceed in this manner, I'm going I'm to gonna proceed them. in that manner. Exactly. exactly. If they say that, yeah. the, the
4: limit is five and say six yep. feet apart, if you don't yep. want my black ass to go outside, don't yep. tell me how I can you be outside. Tell me that exactly. Make sense. Yeah. Exactly. So, so all yeah. the all the while you're you're
3: hearing this, you're being you're being fucking gaslit. I'm just saying, white, stay inside, stay inside, stay. You're trash, you're shit. You don't care about lives. You don't care about this. You don't care Why? About because you can't bear the right.
2: thought that I'm outside when you're and, not and white then, person. Then,
3: you can't bear yes. that thought. And then within 30 days, within 30 days, while we're all inside, you motherfuckers start to crack. You motherfuckers start to talk oh. about how you can't handle it. Oh. You motherfuckers start to sit there and say, I, the walls are closing in. I don't know. I haven't been able to get out of my bed and all these days. Nigga, we don't got that choice.
2: Right. Still had to do that shit. Oh. While y'all
3: were in bed immobilized and you couldn't move, I still, I still was like, yo, this isn't bad. This is not the worst thing. Because we know what worse looks like. It, yeah. We have historical context for that. We have had situations in our life for that whereas and you have had a parent that's been like, yo, you gotta suck it up right now. I don't know what to tell you. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so, so now we got to hear the whining and the complaining about we can't take it. This, that, the third. Where is this? And all the while we're sitting there being like, your administration is faulty. It it let this happen. And some of some of the white people were doing that as well. I don't wanna I don't wanna be disingenuous in that way. But it's like all that stuff. So all all the while we're in pandemic. We're a lot of us are being blamed for being active. The CBC says shut it down. We listen. Then we have to hear the whining and the complaining about how you're inside and you can't take it and you don't know what you're gonna do. Like, you don't know what you're gonna do with with rent. Yeah, neither did we, but we didn't post about it.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
3: like, you yeah. figured that thing out. You, you gotta you gotta take your car
4: insurance and spread it out over. The, oh, I can't pay this month because I don't know what my money's gonna look like. So can I break these payments up over yeah. the next couple months and just yeah. add more money? Like, and that's the bullshit of like, uh, uh, the, it's the, the privilege is even in that. Like you said, the privilege is in you getting to complain from your bed, where yes, most sir. niggas I know actually still have to go to work, because we're yep. the ones doing the jobs that most of y'all don't want to do and would never even take. I know more niggas Here's that work for more than white people feel your feelings.
2: Yeah. Feel your feelings. Stop posting them. Feel them, because that's what we doing out here. That's where I get this resilience from. feeling my fucking
3: I do, feelings. I do want to give the floor to, to Brandon because I know he's probably He's wanted to say something. My oh, man,
1: Brandon. Ruined. Brandon, you matter. <laughs> you matter, Brandon. Don't be me bothered. Like. The thing, that's been like, the thing that's been, like, getting to me is literally, like, seeing, like, the people, like, that was, like, when, like, a few weeks ago, they were just, like, oh, being in old quarantine is, like, being in jail. It's, like, yo, like, I have real friends that have... No, And this, this this shit is, like, a cakewalk today. Right? Yeah. But also I still have, like, those same people that have to be, like, yo, shit, I have to work during, this. you know what I mean? Like, can you imagine, like, being in prison, getting out, and then be yeah. like, oh, shit, I have to find a job and risk my life. During yep. motherfucking yeah. And you got people that's upset because they can't fucking go to super cuts. It's like, yo, suck my dick, yo. It's like, suck, right. by, yeah. suck my dick. Yeah. yeah. So, and, yeah. Then, and then
3: all this happens. You're being, I mean, and I'll, I'll, for the context of this, just use the past four months, right? Because, again, a lot of us knew COVID-19 was coming. A lot of us thought COVID-19 was here because the, the people were just sick. So all this time you're seeing all this type of, all this type of nonsense going on, all this bullshit. And then y'all allow murder to happen. Murder to happen. Multiple. Yes. Multiple. You allow multiple murders to happen. And I say you allow because for, you had, you had, you had decades, you had hundreds of years to try to correct this. You chose not to, your parents chose not to, your grandparents chose not to, um, because that, you know, because it benefited you. I mean, it wasn't bad for you. So what was there to change? You know, it's what that is. And all that stuff happens. And, and then, as Kat said, you try to put all this bullshit and oppression onto the name of this man who had a knee on his neck for nine minutes. That is irresponsible. It's much, much deeper than that. I'll, I'll just give you the four months and be like, how ridiculous is this? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like yeah. literally within four, if you just want to use the four months, that's still a justification for what's going on. It's still a reasonable justification for what's going on outside.
2: Yeah, y'all allowed your relatives, your parents to elect this president, this impeachable president and your parents and friends and relatives also elected the politicians who missed the opportunity to get rid of this dangerous man. And now this dangerous man has hypnotized people with his antics and his control and people are devoting for him and has access to them every single day and has access to funding has access to so much power this impeachable ass man who is now stoking and boiling race war he's doing it in his imagery he's sending he's signaling everywhere he's signaling to white people that it's their time and he's signaling to black people that it is not their time He's doing it, and so I do hold all white people who have opted for the comfort that is your privilege, I hold you responsible for this moment. And I'm doing the internal work, not to interact with you individually with the rage that I feel at the inaction. It's obvious, this is a result of white inaction. If you look at the wisdom that's out there, including some wisdom from white people. In fact, it was a white person who told me that the pandemic doesn't compare to prison, who checked me on that comparison, who slowed me down on that like week one or week two. So some of y'all are out there, but even the best white people are prone to whiteness. And it really takes y'all getting it together and spreading the sphere of white consciousness and white courage when you are choosing comfort, You are not choosing courage, you are choosing fucking cowardice. And I hold you responsible for decades, centuries of cowardice that have led to this moment. The information is available. People who study political science saw this person and how his behaviors were problematic from the escalator ride. Okay, so this shit is not new and y'all treat it like it's new every day and y'all in white movies have messages about this yep. moment it's there in <laughs> brown day it's there in bird box don't trust a psychopath who's trying to give everybody the bird box infection don't trust that dude don't let him in the house let him be out there with the demons like it's there and who's cleaning it up and dying for you black people is Y'all are writing these movies and producing movies and casting us in them and not paying attention to your own messages. You ain't even got to listen to black people. There's so much wisdom out there. So I'm grossed out and I'm tapped. I don't have time to congratulate you white person because I'm busy working on not being aggra- aggressive to you. Yeah, I don't- I'm working on that. Yeah.
3: That I don't feel the need to congratulate someone for, for joining the human race. Yeah, there's no need, oh. like, you know, it's weird. like, it's like okay, someone, they joined uh, the fucking union again. They just, they just let sure, them
4: get sure out there did. stewing, mm-hmm. and best of luck to you. Don't get no right. fucking applause. It's mm-hmm. like, best of luck, take that.
3: Yeah, hold that L, took you long enough. Y'all was real stubborn, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, so mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I think that it's literally it's one of those things, man, especially in these particular situations, in these particular instances where it's like, I mean, hey, if you get it. That, that's great. you know. I, but again, if, it, if this is what it took, you were, you were, I think you were actively being, you chose not to see. Well,
4: I mean, we even got being, an example to, in yeah. City, now you all, look at what fucking Kenny's doing with this set, like it, like going back to what Ken yeah. said with the, the, uh, the privilege of, of the narrative coupled with the cowardice and inaction. People have been coming to mm-hmm. you for years, last couple years, mm-hmm. telling you, take this statue down yep. because of this man's legacy, yep. what it is, and how it makes the Black community feel, right? It's just like, you know what it is. And um, when he said he was gonna do it, when Dilworth Park or Dilworth Plaza got redone, oh, it's a budgeting issue. Oh, we didn't have the yeah. money here or there, mm-hmm. this and that. And and now, in the last couple of days, where you see more vandalisms happening with it and whatnot, out of nowhere, yeah. last night at midnight, I thought it was a budgeting issue, right? I thought it was a budgeting issue. Out of nowhere man. last night, this man snatched that, statue up out the ground put, with a forklift, mm-hmm. put it on the back of a truck, mm-hmm. and took it to a storage. Why is that? Oh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a sign that we want to let them know. No, nigga, what it is, is that you are mm-hmm. the mayor in the city in which all of this is happening. So everything that, about mm-hmm. the narrative, the, the way history is going to tell it, is that you were the one in charge when all this bullshit broke, right? And what did you do, yep. right? Did you sit there while uh, doing nothing while it happened? Did you sit there and, and be the bad white man who, who, who's, who's letting the police do what they're doing? Or are you going to try and alter the narrative, because you have the privilege to, to make yourself in the history book seem like the guy who did the right thing? Oh, see, I took the statue up. See, I care about black people. I care about how y'all feel. I care about the movement. If you cared about the movement, nigga, you would have snatched that statue up. When we talked about it the first time, not pushed it off for years, and yeah, now amid the worst protests and riots that what I think George Stephanopoulos was talking about it since King, I, it since was King about last night or since whatever. Apparently, there's been a protest of some form, rioting or looting of some form in all fifty states, all fifty. So yep. now yep. that happens, and now out of nowhere, you magically got the money some fucking how. And here's the thing: how did you magically get this money when Philly is in one of the worst financial crises as as many other. Fucking cities are the worst financial crisis they've been in in a couple of decades, probably ever. So, you got all this
2: going on. Yeah. You know what? Your trash, trash ain't getting picked up, but it ain't been only. getting picked up anyway. That's all. Yeah. No, I, yeah, they found it. Yeah,
3: no, I think, yeah, they, they always had it. I mean, the thing, and with Kenny, it's funny because he said in 2017 he'd get rid of that thing. And I was like, Look, it's only it's only when property started getting damaged and we tried to set that statue on fire on fire <laughs> we set that thing on fire and it wouldn't become flammable because the man's already in hell that's, that's why they built it yeah, like that, that. Kenny, that <laughs> kenny was like all right you know what i, sh- I we, uh yeah let's take it down and, and, and honestly you know what's funny yeah. about that Snatched that thing up in the middle of the night and made sure there were reporters there to report on it Made sure yeah. that by 7 a.m this morning there were multiple articles yeah. out displaying that yeah, and then he said, "We stand with yeah. the black and the LGBTQ and the thing." Mega please. And it's like, bro, like, you better you better stop playing. You better you better start please. stop doing it because just like your just like your predecessors, you were more than a day late and you were more Ugh, than a dollar please. short. It's, it's, it's constant So it's it's one of those things. In a lot of cases, when you deal with this type of nonsense from these institutions. That are fucking over people that look like you. You know it, you see it for what it is. What can be the most, what can be the most maddening thing about it is when they choose to insult you to your face as if you do not have a brain to think with. And that's, and yeah. that's where a lot of this is. That's where I think a lot of the times the rage comes from, aside from just the general act of being dehumanized, is the fact that you then choose to insult me in my face as if I don't know what the English language is. As if my yeah. brothers and sisters don't know what the English language is. Yeah. Every person, every black person on this panel has a very, very good mastery of the That's English way language. To talk about my much master better master. than a lot of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, 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 like probably better than than you and your parents and your parents' parents. Okay, and if right. you don't it Had somebody, to be to
2: get a job, any it job had to be to get a job and start. Right. Oh, greeting at Need more. a degree as a black person. Right. You gotta be like, hello, what be like, what's you good, nigga. What you here to get? Like, you gotta come correct. Okay. Right. Uh, right. Y'all could do that. Yeah. How, you's yeah, used, you could, how you doing? You can do that. Do it. We can't do
3: no. How doing. I just got I just got done work. I remember hearing that I was like, niggas fancy <laughs> out here. That's a that's a shit. <laughs> white people cannot, they do not know how to say words out here. That is ridiculous. Yeah. And then y'all sit there and tell me, nah, it's our it's the colloquial. Okay, I then concede that. I then concede that, but to be in these in these places where these things are happening, where they're just being dishonest and lying to your face, lying to yeah. The, yeah. to your face while they kill you, while they kill yeah. you, not not just with the police brutality which is rampant, which is everywhere in the United States. This is a fact. And but but then also with the pandemic, where they sit there and say, well, it's your fault that you're dying like this. They, they yeah. it's, it's your fault that you're dying like this. And keep in mind, when when the shit gets open and we're having these protests, we are not the most violent ones. (laughs) We ain't even the most violent. It was y'all with the privilege at home losing your goddamn minds because you couldn't go to work. Because you you guys were losing your minds because you could not go to work, that you could not go to the gym. Y'all were losing your minds because oh, yeah. you couldn't go to the gym. You guys were
1: losing oh, yeah. your mask. You couldn't get a tattoo. You, were losing
3: your you couldn't get head. your hair done. You did. were losing your minds because you couldn't be You couldn't be bothered to wear a mask for the benefit of others. Do you Think about the wickedness and the selfishness of that. Together. The idea of helping and benefiting others with a foreign concept that you could not grasp, that made no sense to you, that seemed like a tremendous inconvenience for you. Think about how selfish that is. Think about yeah. that innate selfishness that you guys felt so righteous in it you felt so righteous you guys marched because they told you to wear a mask you marched because they told you to wear a mask bro i saw more again i'm seeing a lot of white people out in these marches but all the white people i saw with ar-15s you know what i'm saying with guns because they were told to
2: wear a mask yeah that's 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 your privilege that's that's your privilege
1: yeah i remember i remember Mm -hmm. talking to um i was talking to I texted this tutorial, like, like probably, like, last week or two weeks ago, and I was just like, yo, if all lives matter, why
2: the fuck you don't wear your mask? You know what I mean? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Y'all out here threatening your own lives all the time, bungee jumping and all this mess. Why you gotta climb to the highest peak? I don't understand you, white parents, but we let y'all do that, because y'all got insurance. We let y'all do... All the stuff y'all do with y'all good-ass insurance, I don't fuck with Aetna. They used to have slave insurance, okay? But if you think about the brain science, like think, I as a black, this has been the rise. I have referred to the pandemic as the rise of the black woman because in order to interact with y'all in the world, I have to put up with the privilege on a regular basis. And the linguistic violence that is the American culture is that we don't address the privilege. It always gets to be made about me, it's always about me. Your employment discrimination, that's about me. Everything that you do is always about me. And there's a specific violence, white folks, in saying that you're about one thing, when you know that in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit, you choose comfort, when you have the duty, not merely the opportunity, but the duty to make a change. You have a duty to disrupt. You have been told this for decades. Here's what's infuriating. White people not stupid. White people not lazy. I see how hard y'all work. I see how y'all grind. I see when a morality is important to you. There are some white people around me. I don't need to give you my queer resume and all the behaviors I've engaged in and all the friends that I've had. But I've seen white people around me awaken to the queer community and come down fiercely on me and people who look like me about it. I see y'all, I see how fierce you can be about justice. You need to own that you can't do it with skin like mine. I'm hard on you motherfuckers because I know what you can do because I see you. We watching y'all the whole time. Even when you turn a blind eye to me, I'm watching you. You stupid with all these cameras out here for thinking just because you can't see a person, they can't see you we watching you watch, folks we are actually Big Brother. I know what you're capable of and you deny me your justice abilities. When I see you out here for queer and trans, awesome. I see you and you' gonna try to make me go to war with the queers for your care, for your respect. You ain't gonna have me out here fighting queer people, white people, because that's what y'all do is fucking divide with your decision to turn a blind eye and choose cowardice over your duty to disrupt this injustice. And let me tell you something about your other marginalized friends whose backs you do have, you will never achieve justice for those people that you happen to love and care for until you fight for it people, for people in skin like mine. You will never achieve the justice for the disabled. You will never achieve the justice for the elderly, the immigrants, those babies in cages, your new queer friends will never fucking have their justice until you work on this shit with black folks. Your Native American friends, whose oppression you think outranks mine, cool. Even if I concede that Native American oppression and I honor them outweighs mine, you will never achieve their justice until you make so this you shit right, well. right with black <laughs> This is ridiculous. Oh, <sighs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a, uh, I, 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 right.
3: Hey. No, I think that, yeah, no, 100%, that's all facts. Uh, no lies, none, not a single one. There are no lies mm-hmm. told there. And, and I've, I've said this before to, to Kat, you know, to, to, to Frank, to, to Brandon. And I do think it's important that, I think Kat said it very, very well a couple of days ago. She said, you know, in interactions like this, white folk, at best, if I choose to, I am the professor. You mm-hmm. are the student on issues like this. And what do you do? You mm-hmm. pay your tuition and you listen. Uh, right. The one thing mm-hmm. that I do believe that is going to be hard for, for white people, and if I am wrong, I would love to be, because I love to, I, You I, have me, no me, me, Being wrong it would be a surprise, and I love surprises on this particular issue. You have to understand that you probably shouldn't be, you should not be in charge of how this looks. Um, you should not be in charge of, Setting the parameters on things, especially if you want to do community activism as it relates to the Black American in this country, you have to not even be in the background. You got to be willing to. You got to be willing to maybe be the sixth man. I don't
2: even need to be the sixth you know man coming off the bench. More. And if we don't put you there. in there
3: when it's when it's grinding the when they play physical. But like, yeah, we'll go get on and get the the numbers, out there. You know because, because the reality yeah. get to be the sixth man out the game. Exactly. Yeah. Start there. Exactly. Start there. Right. Can right? Can you even handle, can you handle being not in charge? It's not your nature. Y'all have been socialized to think you are. Even those of you white people who do not like that position and actively run away from it, you know, your white friends that I'm talking about who just by nature do it. They will call themselves type A's, whatever makes them happy. Um, so you, you already have this. Are you willing? Do you have the intestinal fortitude? Do you have the emotional intelligence? to actually handle not being in charge and being wrong at times and being messy at times and, and, and honestly realizing that you mess up at times and being able to say, I fucked up, I did not intend to, I see what happens, I will do better. Also, as I've talked about before, do you have the strength? Do you have the, the, the <laughs> I hate to even have to use this, the bravery, which is so weird, it doesn't even seem like a brave thing, to actively confront, your racist family and friends, especially those of you who are, who come from financially well off backgrounds. Do you have the, do you have the guts? Do you have the intestinal fortitude to actually, for once in your life, not bend to the will of your family just because you want to have a peaceful dinner? That's a ridiculous, that's a, that's a, that's a ridiculous submission to make. And if you think that these conversations that happen within families don't cause change, I don't think you know what the fuck activism actually is. So if you are not willing to go back to your family in Westchester, Bryn Mawr, Warminster, Worthington, Ohio, Reynoldsburg, you know, Westchester, New York. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? If you're not willing to go back into those environments and really sit there and say, I cannot let y'all be comfortable saying this nonsense that you say, and you won't listen to anyone else you might not listen to me, but I can't let you feel comfortable being this way. And I'm going to test you if you really love me and respect me hey, as your hey, child though, and respect my mother. My father. And give my me that man, I don't know why you are if you think the one to me. are you? Yeah, they really do. exactly. I got this from you. I'm you. I would you. So if they really think all this stuff about you, then they should hold. They should hold court for you. And honestly, who are, who better to teach them than you? Who better? Who better? Because they ain't going to listen to our black asses. Trust me. We have tried. We have tried with all the eloquence, the grace, the patience, and the dignity that is possible. And honestly, y'all, y'all give back the dumbest responses. to the... To I to used up all my nonviolent I like communication. I gotta call you all please. It needs to be off the I gotta me,
4: talk to you like, like a football coach. you all put up with this shit, shit I with and you know, coaches. I, mean, I, I believe we kind of had those moments with members in our family where it's like, like for me, I got to a point where I just had to, I had to flee. Like it was like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta go because it's like. Look, man, when people get to a certain age, and it's not everybody. Like I say it depends on the person. A certain people, when they get to a certain age and they've seen things a certain way for so long, I'm not going to say there's absolutely nothing that can change them. But the longer they continue to think the way they think and purposely push out new information, the, the it becomes it, there's fewer things available to change that person's mind. So after a while, you get to that point where you're like, man, I got to dip. And that's where a lot of these white-ass, liberal-ass young people... That's what they do. You, you, you want you, you don't like that. You don't like them. You don't like their views. You don't like grandpop's views. You you your your views are different. You don't feel as though you know how to change theirs. You don't. You've tried everything. So as a way to separate yourself and or uh, uh, put yourself as better than them, you did. Leave. Is the yeah.
1: It's
2: a delusion. You can't dip. We share a society and you share blood and it's your duty because if you don't hang in there, let me tell you something. My mother has pro-Trump rhetoric. She has never said to me, I voted for him because she has pro-Trump rhetoric. And what's interesting (laughs) is my mother is Black Lives Matter. And my mother is how, like, how dare this, my language, because she don't talk like this. How dare this dumbass bitch out in georgia be talking about the rioters that way that black woman should know better she should know where rioting comes from even if it's them so on on george floyd my mother's rhetoric is alarmingly similar to mine while she's a trump defender mm. and anything you say about trump is being negative negative. and i have I have had a raging argument with my brother, with my mom on the phone. And my mom brings me more heat about Trump than she brought me about my brother, her son. And it's painful. And there is a piece of me, when we started this conversation yesterday, when she was complaining about the New York leadership and they're all flawed all these white men are flawed, but mama, you, Black Lives Matter mama, who heard the cry of another woman's son, you yeah, should know that you are being asked to choose yeah. between one toxic white man and another. And we know what black well, people do. If, we choose the less toxic white person. Well, we got, That's well, what well, we do. We too. We got to survive. Why are you choosing the more toxic right. one? Why? Right. You know this. This is all So so I have to hang in there with my mama. I don't want to be fighting my mama. We've had disconnected moments in our lives and during the pandemic come close together. I feel the life or death when my mama and I are fighting about this and I hold that line with her, that same patience I've been given to the white people. Mm who are unwittingly or uncaringly toxic toward me. I'm giving that to my Mm -hmm. mom when she says this shit that is boiling my blood, that rhetoric. That's spinning, and I call her out on it. Mama, you sounding like them. You sounding like them. And mama, I know your beliefs. I know your spiritual, preset. You know the principles. How do the principles apply to the way that this person is behaving? And she mad, and she just sent me a passive-aggressive text with a gift, saying the weapons are being for, but they're not going to work. So my mom feels the rift between us. I'm telling you, white folks, I'm doing my fucking work. You think I want this fight with my mama over y'all bullshit? This ain't my mama fucking problem. Right. This ain't a fight I should be having with my mama. is your problem. Y'all made that nigga. And y'all let him be this kind of toxic fucking problem. And I got to fight my mother over it because it's my goddamn duty because the anti-racism that I believe in mandates it and mandates that I'm not hate you as much as you let this world be destroyed, which means you are destroying it. I can't hate you. Anti-racism means I can't be like white people fucking this up. Fuck white people. Yeah. My partnership with my white man means I can't be like fuck white people. I can't choose hate even where it might be deserved. I'm doing the work Fucking with my relationship with my mother over this motherfucker y'all made. I'm doing it. So I don't cry for nobody who feels the discomfort of the courageous conversation. That's courage, nigga. And then what you're describing is a lack of fortitude. Mm-hmm. And what you need to do is build up the Got fortitude it. to hang in there with loved ones when they say in this that boring yeah. bullshit. Because if you if not you, who? Yeah, you gotta,
3: you gotta be strong. You know what I'm saying? I'm 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 Nigerian and culturally there are a lot of differences, a lot of shifts. And honestly, I came from a culture where they would check you, especially being a Nigerian boy for, to a single mom, which is blasphemous. Mm-hmm. So I'm already a bastard. And but best believe mm-hmm. these these uncles and these cousins and these men would test. And nah, we, we went at it because I'm not going to bend, mm-hmm. especially if these behaviors are toxic and they're evil. And I, and, I, and I believe it to be different. I didn't give no quarter, even with my mom. Yeah, being frustrated with me because I'm causing problems. But she knew I was. She was like, "Yeah, but you're you're on the right side, and you're not being disrespectful unless you're being disrespectful." Yeah. You know, I wasn't yeah. gonna stop for them. I wasn't gonna stop for my family that realistically uh, cared about comfort. cared about me more than any of my friends outside cared about me. That didn't stop me from being like, "Nah, this ain't right." When I went home for Christmas, my mom, so my family basically, we're so ba- politically back home, we're so leftist It would be considered oh. socialism in this country. Okay, that's what I believe in. That's what I was raised on. You know, that's that's it. My mama damn near forgot what socialism was. My mama out here talking to me over Christmas about how we need to be understanding of Joe Biden. My mama sat there and I said, Mama, we ain't got to that point yet. Now, if if Joe Biden's there at the end, then we do what we got to do. But we we ain't there yet. So we need to have a critical conversation about the reality of this. And my mama did not want to hear this. My mama had not seen me in 120 days. She didn't want to hear this. She didn't want to, but she don't hear it. And guess what? I activated that woman. And she looked at me like, nigga, I done taught you the styles. And we went at it for four days, for four days. Where it was me being like, remember where you fucking come from. Literally, me being like, telling my mama, telling my mama, the most principled person I know, remember where you come from. And her saying to me, don't you ever talk to me like that. I will still slap you in the face right now. And I said, I will take that slap so long as you remember where you come from. Yeah. So, well, yeah.
4: Now yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. I ain't taking no slap. I look, and I love my parents to death, but it straight up be like, well, come on with it. Because it's all like, I had to have one of those moments with my father where we both went to vote together uh, yesterday. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, voting for Biden. Thinking, I'm voting for Biden. I was like, I'm not voting for Biden. I'm voting for Bernie. He's like, but well, what the hell would you do that for? I was like, because of the fact that I thought we were voting to have our voices heard. That's what my voice has. Isn't that what you almost died for? Isn't that what you and your niggas was in the street fighting for? To not just vote, but to vote so your voice can be heard. My voice ain't saying Biden right now. My voice will say Biden in November when it's very clear that that's the only fucking better option that we have. But until that day comes, my voice is going to say Bernie cuz like that's where my voice is at. So it, it's like it, it's that whole thing of like, you know, like you said remember where you came from. But see, for me where I come from, I I like I grew up in a Christian household. And so, you know, that Old Testament was very prevalent. We love Jesus, but hey, look, the Old Testament guy says I for not. The Old Testament guy says, "Love look, have, love the people from your tribe. Respect everybody else." You don't got to love everybody else. No, no, no. Love the niggas that in your tribe. And so I know, Kat, you talk about Ibram King all the time in that book. I still got to get it. I got to get that book.
2: But like, I will say... Yeah, I broke down and did the Kindle because I, I couldn't wait. I for will say, say that the, the
4: thing that. about, the one thing I guess from what I've heard you say about it that I'm like, eh, I'm on the fence about is where you're like, even in the moment where you should hate them, you still don't because of how, uh, how much you, you know you know, you, Value anti racism. For me, i if I hate a motherfucker for hating, it, like it, it's the whole thing of like you know it is eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. But it's like it's the whole thing of like
2: you said if I hate a motherfucker, the, like if that's none, different than if I hate a none, people. But,
4: but no, here's different. the thing. Here's the thing. It goes back to that old quote that Muhammad Ali talked about when he was I believe he was doing an interview overseas and he <laughs> was talking about the the snakes behind the door. And like, for example, I believe you said it's like, I think 10,000 snakes or something like that, or just a random number. And a percentage of them, a small, a very small percentage of them are venomous and the rest are not. So do I leave the door open for for the non-venomous snakes? Fuck no. One of the venomous ones can still come through and bite me. And so it's like, I come up in that family where it's like, if the shoe fits, wear it. I'm going to sit here and talk shit about white people. I'm going to say, I hate white people. I'm going to say, I hate y'all motherfucking actions. And if you get upset when you hear it, Nigga, it's you. And so now I know exactly who I should hate. But if you hear me say that, like, look at how Dan is sitting right now. I said, fuck all white people, hate white people. Dan didn't blink (laughs) an eye. Dan didn't fuck. Dan didn't give you any body language that would imply he's uncomfortable with what the fuck I just Mm -hmm. said. Because he understands where I'm coming Mm -hmm. from. I hate y'all motherfuckers and your actions. Because it's a group of you. y'all are all behind that door together. All of y'all snakes over there. I don't give a damn if you a garter or a And I do hold them accountable if, if for that. If you're a garter or yeah, a boy, nigga, you still behind the door. And so I'm closing yeah. the door. So that's it for me. I Frank. can't like, yeah. you no, know, if we all gonna be blind, fuck it. None yeah. of us will see. And that's yeah. okay. Because here's the thing. The problem is, is that we can see. Niggas can see, but they keep trying to do shit to block our vision. They keep trying to put shit like this so we can't see, while they're the ones seeing. Maybe y'all need to have y'all sight taken away. Maybe you niggas need to be blind too. Then this shit will probably be a little bit equal. Yeah. That's where for me, I'm like, I, I'm not, a, I'm not a racist. I'm really not, but I'm not. For me, I can't do the bullshit of like, well, I'm not going to say I hate all of y'all. No, I do. I hate all of you and your actions collectively. Because like you said, if you're the motherfucker that feels the way you feel. Frank, I got to
2: stop you when you say that's bullshit, nigga. Because you got your experience with the words and the way you use them, young nigga. And I got my experience with the words and the way I use them. And your paraphrase of my experience doesn't ring as accurate to me, particularly when you say no, the bullshit. So, and I know that's just you. words. I know that's just you using words. No, but I'm only paraphrasing Ibram Kendi and none of it is bullshit, nigga. Your experience is yours and that's what I'm about to say to you. You are entitled. You don't need me to say it. I'm talking about me, my feelings, and I hear you reflecting upon them. And that's cool, but it don't make my approach bullshit. I'm 43, you 22. So what I'm saying is to go back to your
4: point of look at the white people, these young white people who won't go home and do the hard work and talk to their parents. I hate you. I hate you because it is your duty and you won't do it. You don't get the privilege of me saying or me not saying how I feel. No, I Come on, you. young blood. It ain't for the comfort. I hate go you. ahead. I hate go you because you won't go do what the fuck you supposed to do. And as long as you continue to not do it, we're going to be in this shit. Same thing with Kenny with that statue. I don't fuck about that statue. That man's views around policing and black bodies still rings true in that goddamn police department. So if the statue's gone, go it don't matter. It don't matter if the statue's gone. The thinking is still there. It's still prevalent. It ain't going to go nowhere until the niggas who know what to do and, 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 and know how things should go step up and start slapping these niggas who doing wrong so that's why I'm saying it's not go it's ahead. not to, to say that your experience is wrong when I say that's bullshit no no I'm saying what's bullshit is the bullshit of you you truly think that I shouldn't say I
2: hate you that's bullshit no I think you that's should say bullshit. it I think that's you should say what you feel you shouldn't say it But it's not for their comfort. comfort. And I think that that's clear. My choices about my journey are not for your comfort, white person. And we've all been socialized around your comfort. And it ain't. I'm infuriated. Because, because Frank, to be honest, and I think you've heard me say this, yesterday I did outside the mic because I was no. deeply concerned, because I didn't leave the house intending to feel hatred mm-hmm. for white people. But I left the house and I walked around and I saw signs of black pain or white people mimicking black pain. We don't know what the burned things and the looting are coming from. We don't know the motives, but I saw these symbols that justifiably triggered me. And then I saw white people moving in comfort and oblivion in gentrifying spaces. And I saw a white woman whose dog was more aware of me than she was. She was in oblivion, which is her privilege. And it's a fucking race war. And around you are burnt up cars and signs that say, stop killing us. And you bitch ain't even acknowledging me and the devil says somebody needs to punch that bitch right. in the face and then i walked down the street and an old white man all i saw was thin hair <laughs> and light skin walking slowly ahead of me and i was like right. if this nigga don't get out my well, way and right the- when i got yeah. up behind him he was even more in my way and the devil said punch that nigga <laughs> in the back of the head so frank i'm telling you the emotional experience of hatred is real in my body and i'm fucking concerns, because I'm a resilient was, ass yeah, bitch, okay? I'm true. a spiritually dedicated ass bitch. I'm dedicated to my mental health and my motherfucking freedom and my life, because my mama don't need to bury right, me, no, feel me? So, no, <laughs> I'm working hard on feelings I am not choosing exactly. to exactly. have. <laughs>
1: Y'all <You're> in danger.
2: <laughs> Y'all in danger, because I can do this work, okay? I'm 43. I can do this work, but white pro, <laughs> Y'all better act like y'all I see did, us I out did. here. I y'all act like yesterday. What like you us. said
4: yesterday about black women—y'all could have had a revolution 150 years ago. Y'all could have burned. It yeah, yeah, y'all been fucking up with so the much. rage and, and everything. You have to be upset about. Yeah, y'all have a legitimate claim that you could have revolted as your own individual group. Uh, yeah. 150 years ago, easily. And so that's where it's yeah. like that's what I'm saying. I don't want you to think that me saying that bullshit is the right directly. No yeah, man, I know you like, respect me. I like you said if if. if, if, if like you said, if you weren't sitting there thinking the way you thought, and you were, in fact, acting on thoughts you're trying to avoid, God only, know, like you said, for example, God only knows what would have happened to the back of that white man's head yesterday. Now, like, that's real <laughs>
2: shit, like, I don't I, even know if he like, was going. Like, he to catch that part. I don't even okay? know if he was going. He God, fit the profile, okay? He fit
4: the that's profile. that's comes in that Ibram's talking about that are saying we should go against, because if I was to hit this man, and I don't even know what his nationality is, he only presents to me, right? how am I any different could have been indigenous I like and I'm punching like any different than the niggas I'm mad at? If I'm going to just beat down mm-hmm. a nigga because I think he fits this thing. You know, so it's, I get it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I think what it is to me that may be bullshit is the way you implement. I think you implemented it in the right way, but you see a lot of other people out here right now. Black people, black people were sitting here like, oh, don't don't riot, don't lose. Don't, this ain't the way. It's like, we need to be at, like, and it's like, no, nah, that need to happen. What don't need to happen is I don't need to burn down the store while white people are in it. But this, I'm mm-hmm. still going to burn the fucking And I don't understand
2: training for the nonviolent movement. Y'all think black people automatically walked out there and had white people fucking with them? No. They trained. They trained to sit with the rage that boils at the indignity of having these people abuse your body and not recognize your humanity. You have a natural human reaction to that, and they train to be able to overcome that reaction. That shit ain't automatic. Of course, you yeah. want to kill it. And, and, and <laughs> of and it's, course. It's why
3: I know, Dan. That we're about out of time. Yeah. Sorry, but Dan. But I, I, I just want to say because I, you know, I think that in in terms of who we love and who whatever. I just take the Malcolm X quote where he says, we love everybody who loves us, but we don't love anybody who doesn't love us. That's the rule that I apply. And I can tell very easily who loves us and who doesn't love us. And I can tell very easily who loves me, who doesn't love me. It's a very, very clear thing. I I, I hope that in, for those of you who want to be better, I hope that you are feeling all of the discomfort all of the shame, all of the embarrassment um, of of your cowardice and your learned cowardice, um, and I hope that it prompts you to be a better person and to be a human being that can see other human beings as human beings, even if those human beings have better-looking skin than you. I hope that it can make you. I hope that it, it can bring out something uh, better in you that you actually want to help. Uh, make this place better, not just for yourself, because by this point, for you and me, it's probably done. But for those who come afterward, if there is to be an afterward, even though uh, the scientists tell us there most likely will not be, but I, but I hope that you want to make that change. And I hope that you are willing to walk into your spaces where you are the most safe, where they will not shoot you, where they will not hurt you, where they will not jam you up, and. Let them know that this type of stuff is not okay, cannot be tolerated. There must be change. There must be reform. Some things and some institutions, you actually have to tear all the way down and start over again because they were started on flawed principles, okay? Even if the system works as it's intended to, that doesn't mean it's a good and humane system. Hopefully, you are willing to do that work. And as I've said before, if you are not one of those people, don't worry about it. I'll see
2: don't come trying to talk to me though I warn you
3: yeah that's that's what I that's all I got to say
0: all right so I think that's probably a good place to leave this off um thank you guys for coming in and doing this I really appreciate you lending your voices to the show
3: uh, yes um uh Dan thank you so much for for giving us uh this platform and to those of you listening uh thank you so much it's been your pleasure
2: This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows, please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com podcasts. Be
0: sure to rate, subscribe, and tell a friend about Feel Feelings with Danny and George. You can follow us over at Feel Feelings Pod and even leave us an audio message at anchor.fm backslash feel feelings. As always, if you ever feel some heavy emotions and feel like you don't have anyone to talk to, Don't hesitate to reach out to us or call the numbers we have in the show notes. Thanks for listening.